Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. I really saw that cannabis in a drink format is another way to introduce it to people that otherwise wouldn't think much about it or would think that, hey, this is not for me. This is the Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again today. Uh, so Dave, yesterday was Josh's 23rd birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Josh. Yeah, so anyone He's who doesn't know, is a, I don't talk about this enough. Uh, my son is a guitar player and he composed and performed all of the Cannamom theme music for the past three years. So if you love what you hear... He's living in Nashville now. Check him out. Josh Lampkin, musician, and he's always looking for gigs. So check. I used to be his band manager. So, you know, I can get you to him. I picture you like a, a roadie carrying gear, but no, you were the band manager. I was both, you know, yeah. he couldn't drive from a lot of the time. So <laughs> right. we had to drive on places. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no joke, people. I really was a band manager. Mm-hmm. Angry toddlers. Check him out. Mm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> enough about me mm. the holiday season it is upon us and hanukkah is the same weekend as thanksgiving this year which is crazy right Dave? yeah that is weird yeah it's going to cause a lot of weird uh, you know multi-purpose celebrations among families maybe it's so, a good yeah, maybe it's a good thing in the days of covid yeah, i don't know i think it's that's where we are but so for the canna mom show i love books we're going to be putting together a list of holiday canna books for everyone because that's what we can do for you and i am going to be a published author soon in the 
Courage and Cannabis Anthology that hopefully will be out in December. We're keeping you posted. I'm putting lots of things out about it. So cool. I know, right? I've yeah. always wanted to be a published author. Published um, author and this- award-winning podcaster. See what's happened in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> you just sit in your Something same room good, for actually. long enough. Your dreams can come true, people. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we begin with today's guest, I just want to give another shout out to another um, book that could be good for people who are trying to talk to their kids about this. It's called What's Growing in Grandma's Garden by Susan Soares. She is a grandmother and the book is a grandmother and her grandson who share a love of gardening and they explore lots of different plants, all sorts of fruits and vegetables and medicinal herbs, but they also, the grandma has a love of cannabis. It's one of the grandma's favorite plants. And during this book, they talk about what it is. And she uses the plant for both healing and for relaxation. And she teaches the grandson about reasons for why things are just for grownups, but what they really are. So education, 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 don't confuse people. So this is another book and we'll have a whole list in our newsletter. Check it out. Awesome. All right. So that is my book's recommendations. And before we begin, we do have a special guest today, Abby Weintraub-Slar from the founder of The Artsy Leaf, the Etsy of Cannabis Crafts. And then she's going to be here today to talk a little bit about a very exciting holiday event, the winter market. So stay tuned. And we are going to good. We're good. Right, Dave? We are good. All good. Yes. We're good. Okay. All systems <laughs> okay. go at the Cannabis Show. We are all going. Okay. So on today's show. We are speaking with the CEO of a revolutionary beverage company that is working on being a disruptive player in the adult beverage industry. Kazan Beverages was founded because today's guest knows that cannabis has the power to improve people's daily lives. Here today to share her vision of a delicious and healthy cannabis beverage, how she found herself in this place, and what she sees as the future of cannabis-infused beverages, please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Judy Yee, co-founder and CEO of K-Zen Beverages. Welcome, Judy. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, everybody. Hey, Joyce, David. Thank you so much for having me today. So let's, you know, I like to get all my guests come from different places into this industry. So let's just start with a little bit about your background, your family, your relationship before starting your business with cannabis. You know, how did you come into, you know, what is your background? Yeah, no, that's great. I I always love hearing everyone's kind of like cannabis story. And so mine starts, I'm going to go back way, way back, because I think it provides some context. So I was born in um, Taiwan. And, you know, so I came to the States when I was in first grade. And so I'm a first generation Chinese American immigrant and grew up with a ex-military who served in the Chinese um, Navy. And so you know, throughout my upbringing, you know, it's been bicultural in so many different ways. And and one of the things that we, you know, grew up with is my dad's rather, you know, more traditional values of life. And that includes cannabis and how he viewed it. And so, you know, as, as I was growing up, you know, parents' views, obviously it's quite informative and, and, and shapes who you are. So I grew up with a I'd say rather conservative and misinformed viewpoint of, of cannabis and, and marijuana and its effect on people. And so I didn't touch the plant for many, many, many years. And I would say really not until like maybe five, six years ago, coming into it as an adult, coming into it as a mom. And, you know, so, you know, so my journey into cannabis, you know, came from, you know, kind so you of- really had a very, I get, cause that's sort of my story as well. I say I had a cannabis awakening that, you know, I understood Everything I, I knew about it was wrong, basically, and that I was open enough to see that it was something different. So how did you open up your eyes? How did it get from being a conservative, somewhat military family? You know, it's 
plus the whole narrative of the war on drugs. We grew up during that era. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it would, I would say, you know, it it kind of was coupled with my, my professional background. So I've been in the food and beverage industry, you know, for well over 20 years. And so um, always looking for the next kind of disruption, the next, you know, kind of it ingredient and, and how consumers are viewing health and wellness, you know, so I was a CMO at Earthbound Farm in the early organic, you know, food movement and really helped shape what that is today as Earthbound Farm was one of the first pioneers in organic farm. And then my last job before I found Occasion was at Crystal Geyser Beverage Company. And so in that role, I was really looking at innovation. And back in like 16, 17, you know, I started to see the rise of hemp and, and, and cannabis. And you're and, in California, just so our, you know, listeners know you're, you know, which is one of the early states. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for providing the context. Yep. Yeah. So I, I am <laughs> Sometimes from I forget. California. Yeah. Yeah. My whole viewpoint's been kind of shaped through California, uh, especially around this industry. But yeah, so I, I started to see, you know, how the consumer's perceptions were changing and even just behaviors around, around cannabis. And so I started to think about like, okay, for those like myself who has a little bit of asthma and, you know, just doesn't have a choice to inhale cannabis as, as a way to consume, what other choices are there, right? So edibles obviously was still, um, is, is available, but I just really felt like drink was kind of the missing factor a few years ago, because you think about it, a lot of us drink for so many different reasons. It's also for us to try new ingredients and new and new habits. Like think about kombucha, think about turmeric, energy sector, you know, like Red Bull, like those things didn't exist like 10 plus years ago. And now they're like huge, right? They're all part of our lives, right? And they're, they're things we turn to, to get health and wellness. And so I really saw that cannabis in a drink format is another way to introduce it to people that otherwise wouldn't think much about it or would think that, Hey, this is not for me. I think that's Um, true. And just, can we yeah. back up a little bit? So did you understand at this point, the science of cannabis? Are you involved with food science and body science at all? Like, how did you even, you know, you could see that this is something that's coming up, obviously, but how much did you really understand about the, I guess, the science part of it? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was learning a lot about the different types mm-hmm. of cannabinoids and how little we, we knew, you know, I think at that time, it was like CBD, THC, like that was really the main distinction. Mm-hmm. But I was really focusing more at that point too around water solubility too, right? Like which is difficult. Isn't that part of the difficulty? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you think about it. A lot of a lot of edibles are used with cannabis oil and extraction, right? And oil and water don't mix, as we know. And so, so I focus a lot around, you know, how do we solve that that problem? And and then the other thing too, Joyce, is taste. Right. right. Some people do enjoy the taste and aroma of cannabis, and but a majority, especially people that are not as used to it or coming into it for the first time, really don't want to taste, you know, the the flavors. And so, how do you? I, I, I mean, I think that's an interesting dis- discussion because I remember I'm not a big edible person, and I've been speaking to people who cook with cannabis now to get it into savory foods because we are we've gotten sort of this idea that it's supposed to be very sweet. You know, it's supposed to be in a gummy or it's supposed to be in chocolate, but that is not the only way to use an edible. Yeah. And the idea to move beyond just um, trying to cover up. I don't know. There's a, there's a whole new world of this. So the drinking it, I think is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. totally. And I think, I think there's, there's, there's the, the taste factor, but then mm-hmm. also like you want it to be consistent, like every gulp I take or every bite I, I take of the edible, 
I, I want to be evenly dosed. Like I don't want to have exactly. like 10 or 50 milligram in my first, you know, first, first drink or first bite. And so there's also the, the, this, you know, the problem of having consistent dosage and consistent yes. experience. And so I kind of came at it from that angle as well. And, and worked with, you know, uh, a lot around food science, because end of the day, I, I do think cannabis, it's not to be masked, it's to be complimented. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the one plus one, it goes three, right? And I do think there's, there is a really nice kind of taste and, and flavor profile if you match it with the right ingredients. And so I worked a lot, a lot around that, bringing what I know from my food and bev days where there's certain um, things that are complementary. And so that's one of the things we did with, with K's and beverages is, hey, we're celebrating cannabis. We're not trying to like, you know, pretend it's not there and, and try to cover it up. We do know that it needs to exist. And I think with the right ingredients and complementary flavors, it can actually be a very pleasant and joyful experience. And so, so you, so you, so you came from the beverage. How did you get into beverages to begin with? Was this stuff something you, from the science part or the marketing part? How would, what was your initial attraction to the beverage market? Yeah. So I was already in beverages at the time when I was thinking about this idea. And then also there was just a lot of trends happening in beverages. You know, when Mm -hmm. I was at Crystal Geyser, you know, in 2016, we saw water overtake soda, which at the time was unthinkable, right? Soda was like this huge monolithic, you know, multi-decade dominant player in beverages. And so for water to take over was a big deal. And so that was also kind of that tipping point where I'm like, okay, people definitely are changing and, and, and thinking about beverages in a different way. So that was number one, right? I was in the right, ind- I was in industry. I was looking at trends. And the other thing was, we also started to see like the millennial generation, you know, really started to move away from alcohol and spirits. And that's why you mm-hmm. saw craft beers and a lot of the, the alcohol, you know, companies trying to figure out what's their, what's that next, you know, model for them. And then, you know, among millennials, people are consuming cannabis probably even more than alcohol. So I kind of saw those two things. And I was in beverages at the time, like, okay, health and wellness trend, definitely perception shifting about and then farming as well. How, what was your connection to farming at this point too? Is that where you originally started? I mean, cause this all works together, obviously cannabis yeah. is farmed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Totally. You know, and you know, I think there's also this, the farming aspects, like I actually worked with a brand called Tijava and it's a tea brand, right? And, and I was really involved from, you know, everything from the sourcing all the way through the, the, the selling and I really kind of viewed cannabis as a plant, as a tea. And so there's so many things about that, that I felt like when you're cra- when you're actually crafting a drink, you need to always keep the fact that this is a plant to start with and preserving, you know, some of the terpenes and all the, the properties as you are, you know, changing it for a different formulation. So I kind of also came at it from that standpoint, having worked with tea, having worked at Earthbound Farm and, and knowing that you know, the, the cultivation and kind of where it started is also, you know, really critical to preserve. Um, That's like a good package for you. All right. So you're in this world and, and we talked a little bit about, just talk about why it is so difficult for the water solubility. I do talk a little bit about this on the show when I'm talking about new products, you know, it's been suggested that, you know, at Thanksgiving, you can put some stuff in the water so people can you know be happier right. <laughs> during your Thanksgiving and everyone can chill, but it's a little bit difficult. So why is it so difficult? And we can get to your products in a couple of minutes, but you know, how did you get from this idea to what you're making now? Yeah. So, so kind of when we started the, 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 the company, you know, I went on a, I would say a, a, like a listening tour. I always believe like understand your consumer at his, at his or her core is how you're going to best serve them and delight them. I had ideas. I had a lot of hypotheses, my own experiences, but I kind of put them on suspension and say, look, let's go talk with 
the multifaceted cannabis consumer today understand him or her, understand their own journey with cannabis, what's missing for them, what's working for them, why, why not. And so that's, so we did that, you know, for about two months, we went all over California and talked with, you know, people that grew up with cannabis since they were in grade school for, I mean, not, not, not to be, but yeah. you know, I mean, people that's, that's had it every day to boomers that had it when they were in college, left it, came back to it. And also, you know, moms that, you know, are coming into it um, to replace alcohol, you know, all those facets Mm -hmm. and and realize that, hey, the not one product or type of formulation is going to really address some of the key markets and needs that there are, you know, that is. And what what were people telling you? What were you hearing? What were you listening to when you were out there? Yeah. So, you know, I think for the people that are, I I would say daily functional cannabis users, you know, they're smoking every day, right. Or they're, they're doing their preferred format, but they're open to drinks as long as it provides them with a similar, like fast onset, similar kind of effect and high and they actually see it as a complementary to what they're doing if you think about it if you have a sesh and you're smoking your throat gets dry so a lot of them talk about hey, i have to drink between you know taking puffs or and, and they're already drinking something right as they are consuming cannabis so why not a cannabis drink and, and what so- and the onsets for these are these you know because the thing about consuming by you know everything that you consume at onset at a different time so how does it work with the beverages that you're making yeah, so you know that's one of the advancements in this in the I would say cannabis emulsion science is we are now able to really get the onset, you know, instead of like 30, 40, 50 minutes with edibles, you know, back in the day. Now it's like 15, you know, 20 oh. and then then you know the 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 peak hits and then it lasts probably anywhere from 90 minutes to two hours and then you kind of decline. And so it really does mirror some some of the onset and and kind of offsets of alcohol consumption. Mm-hmm. which is really what we wanted to get after because that is the most familiar reference point for most people, right? Like people- And, like, and, it's, yeah. and it's accessible. Like I've been to events now, cannabis events, but it's still an alcohol beverage. Like that's literally, no one's smoking because they don't necessarily have consumption lounges. I haven't been to a consumption lounge yet, but yeah. the idea that you could have a beverage, you could have a cannabis event that has a beverage is kind of hopeful, maybe. Yeah, Ab- yeah. absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I think with- with now things opening up since post COVID, we're definitely seeing you know people really wanting to have that experience where they can buy something on site, consume it there, and beverage is like that one of that perfect type of products is you know because it, again it mirrors you know what you do with alcohol, food service okay. on premise, yeah. Okay, so tell us about the products. You have the Mad Lily and you have the S shots, right? Are those the two? Yes. Okay, just just sort of talk about what they each are and what how they came to be, I guess. Yeah. So S shots is, I would say go, you know, it's, it's a hundred milligrams, eight ounce product that you can dose out to eight servings or 10 milligrams each, or you can drink it straight. Is it just THC? What else, what else is in these? What else is in the S shot? So S shots is, is kind of a fruit forward type of drink. Um, you can drink it as a shot or you can mix it with your favorite kind of mocktail to make, to make can of cocktails. And that oh, actually, I love that. Yeah, that's my preferred method. And it's been so fun to be creative, right? Like, especially with the pandemic, people really had to create their own bar experience at home and entertainment experience. And so it's a great product that I think caters now to both audiences. At first, we really kind of kept the daily user high, high dosage user in mind where they're just taking shots and, and drinking it straight. That is still a main use. 
But what we're finding is there's this growing group of people that are like, look, I'm going to get creative with this. I want to, I want to create a bar, a bar plus cannabis culture, you know, in my life. And, and so we're, you know, doubling down on creating recipes and actually wow. giving it to consumers and telling us like, what do they do with it? And like, and featuring butt tenders, you know, that are creating these great recipes with our product. So, so that's as shot, you know, hundred. Okay, so these, so these are hundred milligrams of THC in one bottle. Correct. Are you allowed to, I don't, I don't think we can sell those. Can you sell those in Massachusetts? I thought we had a five milligram cap or is that not for beverages too? Yeah. I think every state, Joyce, has different. Their, yeah, has okay. their different requirements and legality. So for California, when you're an edible or a drinkable, you know, we, we can't, we can't be more than like 10 milligrams per serving. Per serving. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. But you so can, but, have, but if you put in a bottle, per, uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And we have these ways to dose it too, you know, in the package. So you, so you can, you can dose it to that maximum 10 milligrams per serving, but yeah, so it's like an eight ounce bottle. So it kind of looks like, um, you know, like kombucha bottles, like the real kind of dark amber kind of a, a bottle. So that's kind of what it's in. And so you can dose it out too. And are these a different, the S shots are those different flavors? Yes. We have four yeah. amazing flavors. And so okay. It's really kind of pushing it, it about being a bold experience, right? So, so, what, so the flavors are all kind of going after that idea. So we have the first one, which is watermelon punch. It's kind of like a Jolly Rancher type of uh, taste profile. So, you know, really, really kind of melon forward and a little bit tart. And we also have lemon crush. A lot of people have told us it reminds me of limoncello, which is one mm, of my favorites. I love limoncello. We've tried to make that. <laughs> Yeah, I got to get you one out there and get you so get you some recipes. Yeah, it's, okay. it's it's so much fun. And then we have our tropical thunder, which is kind of this beautiful pineapple mango, beachy kind of taste profile. And then we just launched berry blast just in time for the holidays. And so it's got this really great dark berry um, forward profile. And so all of our drinks are you know naturally um, flavored by the juice that it that it's combined with. And then we have the THC only in this product to really maximize that you know that elevated feeling that people are looking for. All right, so that's the S shot, but you also have Mad Lily. So what's the difference between these two? Yep. So kind of the exact opposite of S shot. So Mad Lily is more for kind of the social recreational user that is looking for a lower dose type of product to, to kind of like enter into cannabis, but also to maybe replace their alcohol consumption. So we've got two product lines under Mad Lily. The first one is a cannabis infused spritzer. So think about like Spindrift or Izzy with cannabis. So it's carbonated. It's the ingredients are super clean and few, you know, so all it's, all it is, is really like five simple ingredients or four for that matter. So water, juice, some natural flavors and cannabis. That's it. No, no added sweeteners, no added sugar, no artificial coloring. So really clean ingredients. You know, I kind of created this drink with a mindset of my, of my community. You know, I grew up in the health and wellness sector. You know, it's almost like if someone, someone was go to, to farmer's market or whole foods, like, and look for a cannabis drink, like, what would that look like? What would be the ingredient profile and, you know, and kind of the wellness profile. And so we kept that in mind as we were developing this product. So the calories are, you know, super low. And so it is kind of a better for you, if you will. What's the dosage in the Mad Lilies? Yep. So it's got five milligrams of THC and five milligrams of CBD for the entire oh. 12 ounce drink. So it really is, you know, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally accessible. It's as if you're grabbing 
you know, a, a wine cooler, you know, or a, a, a sparkling wine or something like that. That is um, good. Cause I did try this summer on the beach. I did buy some drops. I was able to find some drops that you could put in your water. So I put it in my water that I had on the beach with me. Yeah. It was really, really sweet. I don't, I was relaxed anyways. I don't know, but it did taste good. Yeah. But I have it. <laughs> But the Did idea you know that how much to how much to drop in like were you it was a, this is the one thing when I some of these products are not clear on dosing and I get very frustrated with this because if I'm in the industry and I literally think about this all the time it's hard for me to figure out what's in it especially tinctures I found it a lot this is kind of off topic on edibles but tinctures I often find it I have to figure it out by myself on the back based on the milligrams and the milliliters and no. So I like products that show up and they say, this is what it's in there. You put one drop in, it's whatever. It's very specific because part of this is, if this, this is medicine and health and wellness. So if we're trying to figure out how to dose ourselves and it's very unclear and it's not like the old days where you eat a brownie, it could be, God knows what was in those brownies back in the day. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's like Russian roulette, right? It's like, Hey, which part did you get? Yeah. But this is to, you know, we don't, again, I, I mean, the range of users, you're talking about this right now, women my age and older who know the least, but probably need it the most and want access to it in a drink like Mad Lily, or, you know, the women I speak to every day in the industry who are regular consumers and excelling in their business. And when they go to events, they would much rather have something that had THC in it than to drink alcohol, almost to, I mean, almost every cannabis woman I know now has got to stop drinking at this point, you know, and to go to an event, you know, I was at a woman in cannabis expo and the event, you know, the big night event had a bar and, you know, the, we were like in high school going out in the back on the porch, smoking our joints, you know, <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> but if we could, if we could have a drink, you know, and just act, you know, just be social, like, cause right. that's very comfortable for me. That's how I, you know, I'm a 56 year old woman. That's how I socialize. I drink at events and we socialize. So I love this idea. <laughs> you know, just yeah, no, I mean, I just, I, I haven't drank alcohol in a while and I consumed some at an event last week and man, I forgot how it hits your body so differently, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons that people are turning to cannabis as an alternative is, you know, it doesn't dehydrate you. You don't feel groggy the next day, you know, and by the way, alcohol, ha- alcohol has zero health benefits for you. Cannabis actually leaves you with something better than you, you know, than you consumed it. So, so, anyways, I think I'm preaching to the choir. But, 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 but I'm just, so I have a question though. So, yeah. okay, so you came from a family like mine. I used to joke my mother was concerned I was in a drug cartel. She just. <laughs> so how how did you talk to your family when you're like, hey guys, I, I'm going to go into this industry now? Was there um, uh, family pushback uh, or was there sort of chaos or are they believers? What happened? Uh, no, I love I, I love I love that you asked this. I do tell the story. So so my mom, and my dad, my my, my family's in Seattle and and I'm in San Francisco. So they didn't know exactly what I was doing for about because I really wanted to tell them in person, like in you know face to face, and so. It wasn't until like the summer of 2019, after I started the company, I went to Seattle and I had this whole thing orchestrated. I actually had a, a fellow friend, a cannabis scientist who's Chinese, and he wrote a letter to my mother in Chinese because my Chinese isn't that great and explained to him, to her, like, look, I'm working with your daughter. Here's who I am. I went to this school. I am a scientist and this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it in Chinese. And because my mom is not, her English isn't as proficient. So needed to explain in Chinese and he did a great job. So he actually sent her an emulsion package (laughs) with the letter. It arrived before I got there. I'm like, mom, don't open it yet. Wait till I get there. 
So I said, I said, okay, the package you got is from a business colleague. You know, I want you to open it, and then I and I'm going to tell you about what we're doing and what I'm doing. And that's kind of how it started. And I was really ready for, you know, after she read the note, I was really ready for her to, to, to talk to me about, you know, being more judgmental about it. Right. And she read it and, and looked at me and she's like, you know, she goes, I know I trust you and you, and I know this was a big decision for you to do this. And so I'm, I'm excited for you. And, you know, I, I know I haven't tried this you know, product, this plant, but if you're behind, I, I'm going to, I am going to be open and, and be willing to try it when you're ready to give me a sample. And I was oh. like, oh my God, like I, you know, goose, goosebumps, tears. And, and now she's actually, she uses topicals almost on a regular basis. So it's, I would love to take a picture like of her nightstand, you know, there's like her usual stuff. And then there's like her topical that she uses every day. That's awesome. Yeah. But that's a great story that again, I've heard this, you know, across cultures, really, I I interview a lot of black women in Massachusetts who are getting into the industry. I call this my new JCC, my new Jewish cannabis connection, (laughs) you know, and across the cultures and generations of people, how they talk to their parents and the parents or grandmothers. I've heard a lot of these with grandmothers. They go to the grandmother and say, this is what I want to do. And the grandmother says, I know you're smart and I know you're passionate. Like I know you. Yep. So I'm willing to open myself up because you have told me this. And I, I think that's the power of stories. That's the power of narrative. Oh my yeah. God, that's beautiful. Yeah. And then, you know, representation, right? And and I think that and representation. All, and then you having the show and with what you've been doing and what you what you stand for is creating oh. that authenticity mm-hmm. and, and credibility for for many, many more people. So anyways. All right. So thank you. So actually we need to like take a quick little break, but that was nice. Thank you. And so we're going to be back in a minute or a couple of minutes with our guest, Judy Yee, CEO of KZN Beverages, after we speak with Abby Weintraub-Sklar about her artsy leaf and the winter market. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, How to Do the Pot, a podcast, but so much more. Are you looking for answers to your cannabis questions like, can cannabis help me sleep? How do I use pot for sex? Can I grow my own weed at home? What is the best strain for me? We all know this industry is confusing and it can feel hard to find a place to start. And all those questions you've secretly been Googling about cannabis, I found a great place for you to get your answers. How to Do the Pot is a tightly edited weekly podcast that demystifies cannabis for women through fun, narrative storytelling, and informed recommendations and advice. It is hosted by my friend, Ellen Scanlon. How to Do the Pot's product recommendations include some of the women-run businesses we've spoken to over the past few years. I just love working with other women in the industry, and I'm especially happy to be working with another woman-focused podcast. How to Do the Pot is available wherever you listen. You can find out more at dothepot.com, and that's also where you can sign up for their very popular newsletter. Plus, they are on all the social medias at Do the Pot. I love the podcast and hope you'll give it. All right. Before we get back with Judy, let's talk to my friend, Abby. Hey, Abby. I haven't seen you in a couple of days. Hi, Joyce. (laughs) I know. How lucky were we that we were able to meet in person. So this is the Massachusetts Cannabis Connection. And I just want to talk about a little bit about what you've been doing. The Arts Relief I have talked about before on the show, but you have a new project coming up this winter. So let's just go. Let's talk about where you are and how my listeners can connect. Thanks. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. My co-founder, Rebecca Goldberg, and I are working with Women Empowered in Cannabis. 
uh, to put on the winter market. Yes. And what this, so well, let me tell <laughs> Yeah, tell us what it is. I will tell, tell you, it is. <laughs> yes, I will tell you what it is. So we have a dedicated website for female owned creators and businesses in the cannabis space. Woo-hoo. So if you are somebody who has you know, you are creating CBD, you have jewelry, you have art, you have any accessory, pipe, bong, whatever it may be. Quilts, people. Quilts, you know. (laughs) Quilts, yes. You know, you're making it with passion and cannabis inspired and we celebrate that. And we really wanted to do this special winter market with Women Empowered in Cannabis to really highlight and feature the women in this space. So are these from across the country? Where are these ladies from? The people you're featuring? All over the country. Awesome. Yes, Mm -hmm. this is, and actually even Canada, because, you know, this is not flour that we're, we're talking about. This isn't cannabis itself. This is inspired by, and we, uh, CBD, of course, but, you know, but in any case. Okay, so, so this is new. This just started with Women Empowering Cannabis. So how is this set up and how do people find you? And is it going to be live at all or is it all virtual? Yes. A, so okay. thank you yeah. for asking. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there is a virtual event component, which will be November 30th. So keep your eyes out. We'll be promoting that. We'll be uh, incorporating other communities that are in the industry in this event. Joyce will be talking about that, of course. Yes, I'll be talking about this. Yes. <laughs> and the dedicated website, wintermarket.theartsyleaf.com will be live online for purchasing all of these amazing goods from now until January 15th. So we'll be featuring that on the newsletter. So just make sure when we get that up and, you know, people are looking for it, they can find it there or they can find it online and whatever. I just talk about maybe do you have a favorite product or something cool that people might not have thought of that they can find on, you know, oh in this gosh. winter market. There are so many really cool and unique products. We have, uh, you might know of her. Uh, Mary at JTT Accessories has this very cool joint holder. I love it. I have one myself. And then we have, you know, handmade jewelry. What does it look like? What does a joint holder look like? That's so cool. Oh my gosh. I don't have it on me. It's a a little glass piece and it can be a one hitter too, but I think it's just like this classy. And I love that. Yes. And you don't have to worry about germs. So if you're pack, passing things around, you're never actually touching the tip of the joint, right? Oh, what right about that? There. Yes. Oh, smart. Cause people aren't supposed to share stuff anymore. Yes. So that's, <laughs> that's, oh, that's been one of my favorite items, but yeah, we even have cookies. So, you know, just come and support females. There are, there's something for everybody for sure. Is- and, and men too, please come and shop. And if you are a creator and don't yet have your items in the winter market, but want them in the winter market, you can still apply. That's great. And, and yeah. so, so just with the way for technically for people, would this be something that um, the payment processing is through you or if the stuff goes to their site? Is that going to be an issue for people? So everything is through us. We take okay. care of it. Even we're managing the products for them on our end. So they will have to ship out. But in terms of the platform. In terms of the platform, 
yeah, they would apply with their items. And then once accepted, we would place the items on the site for them and they would be alerted once the sale is made. That's awesome. Okay. So just give a shout out one more time to the name and how the best way for people to reach you if they're interested in either selling on it or buying from it. Okay. So the Artsy Leaf and Women Empowered in Cannabis Winter Market can be found at wintermarket.theartsyleaf.com. And we are a rolling admissions for anyone who wants to submit a product. And it's we're open for shopping. We hope shopping. To see yes. Everything in the show notes. Thank you, Abby. I will definitely I'll be checking it out. And again, you want to support women. This is a new market and you don't have to support Amazon. Support these small ladies who are, you know, building their businesses. That would be great. So thanks, Abby, for joining me. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you. All right. And in our last few minutes, we are back with Judy Yee, CEO of KZN Beverages. Let's see. Two things. So there's the Cannabis Beverage Association. Is that something that you're connected with? Is that something that's um, supporting? What, what is that exactly? Yeah, it's a, a organization made up of all the different players, you know, all the, not just brands, but all the way through supply chain that are uh, supporting cannabis beverages as a category. So it started in California, but we're getting really great um, participation across the states and even in Canada. And so we're really looking to grow this this association like any other industry associations. And so, yeah, so that's, and we're one of the, the board members, one of the early founding members of, of this group. And are you trying to speak, this is like fair, this sort of across the board in cannabis. We're not speaking with one voice, which is why the policies are kind of where they are. Are you trying? <laughs> Absolutely. Is that, does that seem like it's working for you? Trying to bring people together. We're collaborating, not competing. That would be a beautiful thought. Absolutely. You know, we're looking at advocacy on all levels. We definitely have put forward a few different proposals to change the regulations, at least in California, to make cannabis beverages be more able to scale. You know, so for example, just a small example, one of the regulations is all the drinks have to be in this opaque packaging. So so you can't see sometimes the beautiful liquid inside because they think that if you see the drink, it will attract kids as, as one of the reasons. And so, you know, so we've been pushing on some agenda, some um, policy changes around that. And, and so it's, it's those kind of movements at the government level that we are, like you said, collectively asserting our, our power and our voices to affect change. And then also some, and also we're putting our resources together to create awareness for cannabis beverages as a category, as a segment with the general population, you know, so all of us, we don't have multi-million dollar budget of any kind, but if we collectively pull our resources and gear the message in the right way, you know, we can break through the clutter and start to create more knowledge and awareness of, you know, why cannabis beverages, you know, how, you know, why should you think about that and educate people on what the experience might be and what the right dosage is. So there's also kind of this awareness education part of what we're trying to do. as that exists. I love that. All right. And then the last thing, tell me about Moms for Mary Jane. Is that the community for moms? What is that? Yeah. yeah. Is that right? That, yes. Moms for Mary. Yeah. Moms I just, for Mary. Yep. So obviously there's been so many um, conversations and groups and platforms around parents and, and, and moms in particular around cannabis. You know, we just felt like, hey, we could do our part being a 
a mom, a woman founded company in the space. And so, yeah, so we actually did a Harris poll back in, or I think like March and April, trying to get a sense of pulse across the country, not just California, across the country, like our perceptions and behaviors changing around cannabis in general for parents. And, you know, we had a hunch, but we weren't sure. But what we found out was like, there was a huge group of consumers that came back in the poll or parents that is with kids under 18 years old, I think it was like 63% that said, yes, actually cannabis. I, I would agree with the statement. Cannabis makes us a better parent. Wait, well, say that number again, 63%. Wow. That's impressive. And what year was this? This was two, uh, this past year, like March, April. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's what I think, but yeah. I didn't know. I don't usually go. <laughs> so happy people are catching up. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, and, and this is in States where, you know, it's, again, it's not like just, a, we didn't pull just the legal States. We pulled across all States, right? So it's a gen, it's a representation of the general population in the United States, you know? So that was really, I mean, I'm very encouraging because we obviously would think like Colorado, California, Massachusetts, you know, probably have a higher um, incidence rate of that. But the fact that across the country, that was the average, was a, a really strong number. And, you know, I think, but at the same time, we also pulled among the, the people that said, yes, makes me a better parent. But uh, I think, I think a third of them said, but if other people found out I am consuming cannabis, I still, I'm a, I'm concerned about the negative perception. Yeah, so the, the shame. The, that's you know, interesting. The stigma is still real, you know, but, but behaviors and their own beliefs are changing, but people kind of coming out and saying, Hey, this is, this is what I'm doing. Right. That, which is, still, we, which is why we do the show. I mean, this is really why I introduce people to women who are just not functioning. They're excelling in their regular cameras consumers and, that's why I asked about the science earlier, you know, and I've been reading these more books by different doctors and talking about people who have a whole belief system around cannabis, but it's a science. Yeah. You know, we have an endocannabinoid system. We have receptors. There are terpenes. There is more than THC and CBD. This is an entire science. This, this is evolving so quickly and so rapidly and that people are feeling it. This is what I think is interesting about the mom stories because they are, they still own the shame but they're still consuming because they know it makes them feel better and they're still balancing that. So just we're, we're trying to break that negative. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Judy. We're actually up on time. So if people actually want to purchase your beverages, where are they available now? So in California, we're, we're available throughout the state that I think the most, most convenient way to purchase is actually through ease, E-A-Z-E.com. They service the entire California. It's a, it's a, you know, direct delivery. So whether you're at home or, at the restaurant or wherever they can deliver cannabis products to you. So we are on that platform. And then we're also um, in dispensaries throughout the state. So you can find us um, in locations on our Instagram handle. So drink mad Lily or S shots. And then also our websites. Great. And are you coming out to Massachusetts? I like to, yes, that's on our, that, that state is on our radar for sure. For so many reasons. And yes, I definitely would love to connect with you in person if I'm out come there. On, come on out. All right. Thank you. All right. Another show. Thank you, Judy and Abby for joining us today. It was a pleasure speaking with both of you and seeing you sort of in person. All right. So there we go. So for my guest and my can bro, David Jazz, who we're very nice to today. You took a week off berating me. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, we're, we treat our men equally here. So in our Cannamom Show team, Catherine and Hayden, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one can of story at a time. 
Thank you for following and subscribing and sharing all the amazing Kiana stories of the women building this new industry so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregiving. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.